Hello, my name is Alex Young, a freshman in Dr. Brust's Cryptography Writing Seminar at Vanderbilt University. In today's episode, I will be teaching you about the history and usage of the Playfair cipher. The Playfair cipher was the first digraphic cipher ever developed, meaning it uses pairs of letters instead of single letters. Although the cipher itself is named after Lyon Playfair, Charles Wheatstone was the mastermind behind the invention. Wheatstone also constructed an electric telegraph that predates Morse's, published half a dozen papers on acoustics, improved the dynamo, and invented the concertina, among other things. Playfair and Wheatstone lived next to each other, took Sunday walks together, and shared such a striking resemblance that Lady Wheatstone once thought Lord Playfair to be her husband. Through their friendship, the duo developed a knack for cryptography, entertaining themselves by deciphering agony columns in newspapers. However, while Playfair's involvement in cryptography was almost strictly recreational, Wheatstone took it much more seriously. His development of the Playfair cipher, his most well-known and widely used invention, proves this. In January of 1854, Playfair went to a dinner party hosted by Lord Gainville. Extremely important members of society, such as the Queen of England's husband, Prince Albert, and the future Prime Minister, Lord Palmerston, were in attendance. Playfair demonstrated what he described as Wheatstone's newly discovered symmetrical cipher to the future prime minister at this dinner party. A few days later, while Playfair was in Dublin, he received two short letters encrypted with the Playfair cipher from Palmerston and Granville, showing both of them had mastered the cipher. In Playfair's marketing of the cipher, it became known as the Playfair cipher. Lord Playfair intended the cipher to be used by the British during the Crimean War, but the Secretary of the Foreign Office thought, it, thought that it was too complicated to be used as a field cipher, so its usage was postponed. They feared that using the cipher would take too much time and would be ineffective in the field. After it was established that even school children could use the Playfair cipher with ease with proper training, Britain made the Playfair cipher their primary encryption technique when dealing with non-critical secret information in the battlefields. The cipher was mainly used by the British during the Second Boer War and World War I. Several armed forces also used it as a backup cipher in World War II. In one instance, John F. Kennedy's PT-109 was sunk by a Japanese cruiser in the Solomon Islands. He made his way to shore on Plum Pudding Island, which was Japanese-controlled, and enciphered a message using Playfair, which was sent from an Allied Coast Watcher's hut to plan the rescue of surviving members of his crew. Australia, Germany, and New Zealand employed the Playfair cipher throughout the 1940s. The cipher gained popularity due to the fact that it was complex, but didn't require any special tools to decipher. Now I will talk about how to encipher a message using the Playfair cipher. The Playfair cipher's key generally consists of a word. This word is then used to make a 5x5 key square consisting of 25 unique letters, with the keyword usually filling as many of the squares as unique letters it has before the remaining letters of the alphabet follow. 
It should be noted that the letter J does not occur in the Playfair cipher, but is instead combined with the letter I. This means that I and J are the same letter in the Playfair cipher, represented both by the letter I. Any sequence of 25 letters can be used as a key, as long as all letters appear and do not repeat. Now we can apply the encryption rules to encrypt the plain text. Step 1 is to remove any punctuation or characters not found in the key square. You may need to spell out numbers, punctuation, etc. Step 2 is to locate any double letters in the plain text. Replace the second occurrence of this letter with an X. For example, hammer becomes H-A-M-X-E-R. Step 3 is if the plain text has an odd number of characters, add an X to the end of the plain text in order to make it even. Step 4 is to separate the plain text into pairs of letters. For example, H-A-M-X-E-R becomes the pairs H-A, M-X, and E-R. Step 6 is to locate each pair of letters in the key square. If the letters reside in different rows and columns, replace the pair with the letters on the same row respectively, but at the other pair of corners of the rectangle defined by the original pair. The order in which this is done is important. The first encrypted letter of the pair is the one that lies on the same row as the first plain text letter. If the letters reside on the same row of the table, replace them with the letters to their immediate right respectively. Wrap around to the left side of the row if a letter in the original pair was on the right side of the row. If the letters reside on the same column of the table, replace them with the letters immediately below, respectively. Wrap around to the top side of the column if a letter in the original pair was on the bottom side of the column. After doing this for the entire plain text, you will have a message encrypted using the Playfair cipher. Now I will talk about how to decipher a message encrypted with the Playfair cipher. If you know the plain text and ciphertext, finding the key is relatively simple. However, if we want to find the key without knowing the plain text, things become much more difficult. You can guess some of the words using knowledge of the message's origins. This can be very helpful in reconstructing the key square. Guessing some plain text and using those guesses to rebuild the key square is the easiest way to crack this cipher. Analyzing Playfair ciphers is vastly more difficult than analyzing standard substitution ciphers due to the vast amount of possibilities a digraphic cipher brings to the table. With a single substitution cipher, there are 26 monographs to perform frequency analysis on. However, a digraphic cipher has approximately 600 digraphs to analyze. This means far more ciphertext is required for analysis of digraph ciphers compared to monographic ciphers. When performing cryptanalysis by hand, use the following trick. A Playfair diagraph and its reverse, AB and BA for example, will decrypt with the same letter pattern in the plain text, RE and ER for example. The English language contains many words with reverse digraphs, like receiver and departed. Recognizing reverse digraphs in the ciphertext and matching the pattern to a list of known plaintext words containing the pattern provides a simple way to generate possible plaintext strings that you can use to construct the key. When trying to determine whether a ciphertext was encoded using Playfair, it is important to note that Playfair will never contain a double-letter diagraph, such as EE. 
if the ciphertext contains no double-letter digraphs and the length of the message is long enough to make this statistically significant, the method of encryption used was most likely Playfair. Other things that will be true about the ciphertext message are the ciphertext message will contain an even number of letters. A frequency count will show no more than 25 letters, as the letter J does not occur in Playfair ciphers. If long repeats occur, they will be separated by an even number of characters. Repeated sequences will usually be an even number of characters. There are also extensions of the Playfair cipher, such as the double Playfair cipher, which uses two separate keys and enciphers each pair of letters twice. In 1941, the German police switched from the double transposition cipher to the double Playfair cipher, which made it easier for Bletchley Park to decrypt messages sent by the police force for over a year. The double Playfair cipher uses two 5x5 squares with two keywords. These squares are organized the same way as they would be in a normal Playfair cipher. We take the message we want to encrypt and choose a period or number of letters, and break the message into groups of the number of letters, with the second group below the first, and the fourth below the third, and so on. If the last group only has one row, break it into equal pieces. Add an X to any odd number of letters. Next, we encipher each vertical part. Find the first letter of each pair in the first square, and the second letter in the opposite square. Then, find the letters at the opposite corners of the rectangle formed by the plaintext pair, starting with the ciphertext in the second square. Take the resulting pair of letters and repeat the previous step with the pair. This will give you the enciphered text for your first pair of letters. If your pair of letters is on the same row, take the letters to the left of each plaintext letter, taking the first letter from the second key square and the second letter from the first key square. Run this new pair through the process again, and you will have your encrypted pair. After this, you can encipher each pair of plain text letters until the entire message is encrypted. If you would like to learn more about the Playfair cipher, a member of Dr. Bruff's class back in 2010, Aaron Baldwin, wrote a very informative paper on it. This paper made researching the history of the Playfair cipher much easier for me, and I highly recommend you give it a read. You can find this paper by googling Aaron Baldwin Playfair Cipher. It even includes helpful diagrams of the encryption process that make everything much easier to understand. Another helpful resource for better understanding the encipherment and decipherment processes would be practicalcryptography.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope I helped you learn more about the history and application of the Playfair Cipher.